0: Evolve and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. I am joined today by the badass spiritual coach, also the integrative soul coach, Miss Emmy (laughs) Tufoskofelsky. Um, also just Emmy. For sure. And, um, and I'm just so honored to have her here today because I've already had a couple guests talk about grief, talk about loss, also talk about the transition from therapy into something maybe beyond therapy. So I'm very, very interested in exploring sort of the integration of those two. I mean, which makes sense. She's an integrative soul coach. So without further ado, welcome Miss Emmy to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Erin. I am. So excited to be here and um already I I feel like your energy is just so resonant with mine and I'm super excited to see where our conversation goes today.
0: Oh, I love to hear that resonating. Cool. Well, let's just start with the basics because we always do that. I would just love to understand where you're from, like what's your background? Um even this, the traditional parts, like the education, the profession, because working as a therapist for many, many years, I'm sure that took a very traditional route, but to get to where you are, I'm sure had to have lots of twists and turns. So um, I'd like to get into that a little bit.
1: Yeah. I am um, originally from New Jersey, but I've lived in Florida for the last 20 years, um, and uh I got my master's degree in counseling psychology, actually, in um, a hybrid online program in California. Uh, So I've always been a little bit outside of the box and um, have never really done anything traditional. Well, that's not true. I worked in insurance for three years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's probably the most traditional thing I've ever done in my life. That and marry, like marry my first husband, like right out of college, those two things. And then after that, yeah, <laughs> that's not very much traditional after that.
0: That's amazing.
1: So uh master's degree. And then I was in mental health for a number of years and mm. um, decided to go back for my doctorate. In Mm -hmm. psychology with a specialization in consciousness, spirituality, and integrative health.
0: Amazing.
1: So I really, I wanted to bring spirituality into my therapy practice, which Mm -hmm. um, like initially the, you know, the meaning of the word psychotherapy is actually care of the soul. Really? So yeah, yeah. Psycho Wait, now, I'm, now I feel like I'm misquoting myself. <laughs> um. So care of the soul, yet traditional psychotherapy has taken a medical model uh, right. approach and that's yeah. not really worked for me and who I am and how I want to meet my clients where they are and right. even where I think healing comes from, right? Like I think soul needs to be involved in healing. And uh, when we're wounded by trauma or culture or whatever that a lot of that healing work is soul healing work. So more recently I have shifted out of psychotherapy and into what I call soul weaving. And it is really helping uh, women who have suffered an untethering, shattering loss Reweave their soul into wholeness. And it's a four phase process to attune, release what doesn't serve you, reclaim those parts of the self that you've maybe kind of jettisoned when you have had trauma or crap cultural messaging that told you you weren't, it wasn't okay to be you. Uh, and in the end, kind of anchoring it home into a new relationship with wholeness. And that is all born out of my journey of healing after my mom died five years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, because that's always my next question is, you know, what was that catalytic moment for your awakening? And my father passed away five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and I went to that because a, a couple of weeks later, my best friend was murdered. And then, a few months after that, my mom attempted suicide because of kind of the grief from my father's yeah. passing, so that, in the midst of my own kind of healing journey, was what shook my ass and woke my ass up yeah. because um I had experienced loss earlier in life. actually, I had lost my sister tragically, and my dad at a young age to you know the, the incarceration system. yet it was distinctly different as an adult because. I had to take care of everyone in the, afterwards. You know, I was the one that had to step up, as I'm sure you did after your mom, because you feel like, damn, like, I didn't expect this. I don't, I'm not quite sure how it happened for you, but for me, I definitely didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. And then how do I heal and grieve and still take care of other people? I also had a baby. It was just a lot. Yeah. So I just would like to understand more about that experience for you and your loss with your mother, how it woke your ass up, you know what I'm saying? How did it wake you up um, to that experience of the reweaving, if you will?
1: Yeah, I, I, so I I believe that, um, so my spirituality is a divine feminine based spirituality. So um, to me, the divine power comes with a feminine face. Um, And I believe actually that Goddess was preparing me for my mother's death for about eight months before it actually happened. Yeah, like she just kind of came up into my life uh, in a in a random, bizarre way, and I decided to follow the call, the inner kind of the inner call that I was hearing. Mm -hmm. and started participating in circles, women's circles and that kind of thing. And um, I think that was laying the foundation for my mom to pass. And so my mom had a long battle with cancer
0: okay,
1: and uh, died on Halloween in 2017, Mm. Um, which Halloween used to be one of my favorite holidays, but now it's like got so many different conflicting emotions yeah, it's
0: yeah it's all okay too in Latin America so it's yep. an interesting time
1: yeah exactly yeah it's if you're pagan then it's uh Samhain, which is where the when the veils are thin between yeah. so it's yeah I mean it's a very interesting time to pass over
0: yes um
1: so she passed and I remember let me back up I was 42 at the time and I was shattered into bits, right? Like they were still, my parents are still in New Jersey, were still in New Jersey. And I think, I don't know, there was some part of me that thought at 42, like, "Eh, it'd be fine. (laughs) Um, And it was, you know, it was not like it, it really kind of shattered my sense of self Mm. and left me feeling just... Like, I don't know who I am in the world anymore. Like this like like, untethered and just kind of floating freely in the breeze, like a leaf. And I, uh, my husband and I stayed in New Jersey to get some affairs in order and that kind of thing. And then came home and I fully intended to go back to my therapy practice, but that was impossible, right? Like my whole job as a therapist was to hold space for someone else yeah of course like to hold this safe container of care and love and I I felt like I had no substance so there was no way I could be a container you know could hold a container for someone else when I couldn't even feel my feet on the floor anymore literally yeah so I of course right cultural messaging is like, oh, you should be over this. You should get back to work. You should, you should, you should, you should. So I, having grown up in our culture, kind of succumbed to that (laughs) a little bit, despite the fact that I, you know, felt my body and my mind wasn't functioning properly. And I like knew this wasn't the right choice, but I tried and went back to work for one day and then was like, nope, this is not, it's not serving my clients. It's not serving me. It's not. So took some time off, like a couple of weeks through Thanksgiving and was going to come back after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving passed, came time to go back again. And I was nope. So I pressed it off until after the, you know, after the holidays, after the first of the year, went back to work and simultaneously was doing some soul healing work right so I was meeting with healers and processing my grief and
0: that's really good
1: like being with what was happening and ultimately that sort of led me by the end of January I had had a vision that basically confirmed like nope you need to stop like stop working and just heal which I mean that's not like our culture does not create space for that (laughs)
0: nor understand nor promote nor even have the tools to teach you how to do that No, not at all trust me I feel you 100% on that
1: yep so I I I still thought you know like I this this message of like I still thought like okay I'll take three or four months off but that's fine (laughs) Um, but it was, uh, 12 months. I was actually off until the following January. Um, and I just 100% fully committed to my healing journey to, uh, seeking out healers that resonated for me and just really diving in. Um, and I realized a few. Well, I realized I healed many things. I realized many things. I mean, it was like <laughs> it Which was is a,
0: to do lots of awakenings, right? Yes,
1: it was magical and scary, right? Like, yeah, to to decide. I mean, I feel very privileged that my mom left some money that I could uh, use to sort of sustain what would have been my income while I took this journey. So I feel that's like a, a privilege that, you know, I'm exceptionally grateful for and that not right. everyone has obviously. Right. Um But I, I was in the process of getting my doctorate at the same time as doing this healing journey. So I took the healing journey and studied it and wrote my doctoral dissertation about it. And yes. Um now have packaged it up to um deliver to others uh to hold that like to be the framework to carry you on this journey to reweave your soul into wholeness
0: I love that so much because it resonates very deeply too with my own journey because I feel like as healers um You know, we've said it before in previous uh, episodes around having a lived experience. Mm. And it's it's your experience that from which you teach and we can have the formal education. We can have the formal training, which is beautiful and great. And I would say also necessary Um, yet without the lived experience, without the life experience of grief, without the life experience of loss, of pain, of of all the other things that come with it, then it's then you, all the tools you learn really have no uh, nothing to fix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah like exactly. That's the in the toolbox. Like, so you can learn all these things. You can get the degrees and the certifications and the trainings. Yet if you're not putting them to work, then what's the point? Yeah. And very similarly, I did the same after, you know, after going through that time with my mother you know, and after my father, you know, transitioning, it was an intentional study of self. I called it, you know, it was called metaphysical psychology. I went to the University of Commission Sciences with Dr. Phil Valentine and literally studied myself for a year and a half, wrote essays about myself and my own experiences, obviously in the context of metaphysics and spirituality mm-hmm. and healing. And it brought me to today, you know, in what I'm doing now and I would like for you to um just dig a little bit more deeply into what you explored because mm-hmm. you know for everyone you know that story is different and for you as you were looking at yourself and dissecting yourself and writing this dissertation and then having to present it in front of their traditional educators and then bring it out to the world what was that process <laughs> because um, I to, I'm sorry one more thing because yeah. this is really good for our listeners and our viewers that are in our traditional schooling or education, especially higher education, is you can still bring this metaphysics and spirituality because it is evidence-based science-based into your work. And I just applaud you for that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. um, Yeah, the type of, so just on that note for a second, the type of dissertation was uh, an evocative autoethnography, which is a quantitative method of research. Um, So, it is yes, a valid method of research um, that explores the self, which was really my jam. Like
0: <laughs> it made me yes. so excited. <laughs>
1: yes. Um so what I explored, what I what I realized, and I think that like this is something, some of the learning that came when I went, like looked at it from a distance, right? Was that what I realized was that um a loss that shatters your sense of self.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, yeah, like like it, 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 it creates a portal to healing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it offers a unique opportunity for you to see parts of the self that <clears throat> it's like, um, I think of it in terms of a tapestry, right? Like it's as if yeah. you have a tapestry of your soul with all these threads and colors, and it makes a pattern and the nature of the loss like kind of blows up the tapestry. Interesting. And allows you to see, oh, that's a thread that's like kind of discordant from the whole, like here. So for me, um, I have a past full of disordered eating um, that I had tried to heal in various different ways, uh, through therapy and through, you know, all the things, right. Like yeah many years, right. Like we do the things we know, this is like, not quite the way, you know, that's healthiest for us. I'm like, okay, so we're going to do the work. Right. Um, but it defied healing for me. And what I realized after sort of this shattering was that this thread of disordered eating, never belonged to me that it uh actually belonged to my mom like it was discordant from the whole of me and I could see that because I could see more of the parts kind of spread out before me I love that so I could choose at that moment like I could see oh wow crap like that kind of thread connects kind of back to her let me as I put the whole together let me unweave that from the hole and let it like release it back, just release it. So it was a profound piece of healing and has significantly changed everything about my relationship with food and my body and all the things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so it was really it, 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 things like that, right? Like that's why phase two is the release phase, right? where we're looking for those discordant threads um for me, there were more sort of related to showing up in a patriarchal culture as a woman, right? Like yeah. sort of the feeling of not enoughness and feeling of like, I always have to prove my worth and value by doing something versus yes. just because I'm Ooh. me and I'm awesome. Yeah. So unweaving, like there was a lot of unweaving of those things. I don't need them. They don't serve me. They're not mine. Scary. So letting them go, unweaving them from the whole of me, <clears throat> excuse me. And from there, I moved into a more uh, reclaiming. And uh, for me, that was a lot of, I have, I don't know how deep you want to go into this. So I'll touch on the topic. And if you want to go deeper, you can tell me, but okay. um, I have some significant, maybe not significant, I have some sexual trauma in my past. And uh, part of my reclaiming phase was collecting those parts of the self that had been sort of cut off due to the trauma, Like, Mm -hmm. like in order to survive, you know, like I kind of like cut off this part, this part's injured, like I unconsciously, right? Like as a kid, as a young adult, as a whatever, parts that you just cut off and you don't really know they're cut off until you have this opportunity to see, oh. Crap. Like there's missing parts of the whole here. Like, let me do the things to co- go back and collect them and put them, like reintegrate them into my soul.
0: And that's beautiful. I feel mm-hmm. like, ooh, I feel like for the tapestry metaphor, it's a beautiful um, I would say allegory, metaphor for for life because for me and what I'm going through now in this season of my healing I feel like a lot of my trauma isn't mine Mm -hmm. and I am finding myself saying this more and more to my friends to my clients as they're moving along on their journey to be able to differentiate between that because all this beautiful DNA you know sequence that we've been you know given at birth Um, is you know full of millions of years of information that you know the coding and programming that Mm -hmm. isn't ours yeah and and are we consciously choosing the emotions that we're experiencing likely no right or consciously choosing the actions that we're doing Mm -hmm. And so for you to kind of break it down in that kind of physical way into this tapestry and kind of the weaving of the threads and things, that's exactly the unraveling, the untethering is exactly what happens in the healing process. Mm -hmm. And I often talk about even what it means to remember who you are, because the word member in and of itself, it means a piece or a part of the body. So when you're remembering, you're putting your body back together. You're putting your soul back together. and it's interesting how you wasn't going to say this, but I actually have untethered soul tattooed on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just interesting that we're talking about this untethering because yeah. that to me was done at a time when I really felt like I had been giving up of myself too mm-hmm. much to people, particularly like in a people-pleasing type of manner, yeah. and realizing and reminding myself of my connection. In and only to God, mm-hmm. you know for me, the untethering was i I was tethered to my mom when I was born, and then, as when I came out, I was alone. when I leave here, I'll be alone. yeah, and so everything I experience is my own accountability and responsibility, and that which isn't mine, I need to let that shit go, yep. So I would like for you to talk a little bit more about that, that letting go process. And, and you you mentioned like the sexual trauma. We don't necessarily have to go into the details, but when you're starting to become more aware of the trauma, the, the eating disorders or the thing, the self-mutilation, the things that you're doing that really isn't you, what did that look like or how, what were some of the tools you started to engage it? Because. The academic world is one thing; like you're writing about it, of course. But then you actually got to do the work. So, yeah, you do have to come into your masculine and do it. So, what was that like? So,
1: I did a lot of um, journeying with various different healers, um, and so really, okay, let me rephrase. No, let me not rephrase. I did journeying with various healers. So, I'm I'm pretty good at sort of dropping into like sort of the spirit realm and doing the metaphysical work of um literally like unweaving those threads and so that sounds maybe too simplified but doing things like that in sort of an altered state okay in a meditative state or like kind of in your deeper spiritual state can have profound impact in the material world, right? So and that's can we,
0: for folks that aren't familiar with yeah. that, can we just pin that and talk a little bit more about this yeah. deeply altered state? Like, is it with plant medicine? Is it with, you know, just extended meditations? Is it yoga? Can we talk a little bit more about that practice for you? We can try. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, because... So for me, uh, I did a lot of it with a sacred tea ceremony. Okay. Um, which is not like plant medicine if we're talking about ayahuasca or something like that, but it's um, actual tea, but it's between the tea and the repetitive nature of the pouring of the tea and the drink, like the ritual of drinking tea and the music playing and the silence and all of the things drops you sort of into an altered state of consciousness. So you're sort of aware of the world around you and sort of floating kind of in the spirit world, like where, if, if you where maybe where, maybe a simplified way to say it would be like where your intuition lives. Mm
0: -hmm. Like
1: that might be a a simple, um, or yourself Yeah, exactly. Right. Like where, where it's not where I'm speaking to you with the camera and the microphone, but like where, when I close my eyes, I can tap into something greater than myself. Mm -hmm. So for me during my healing journey, I used tea ceremony. I worked with an energy healer and I really just did a lot of it, uh, myself with crystals lying on my bathroom floor and taking myself deep into a meditative state and taking myself on journeys to unweave or reclaim and, um, let things go, bring things home and, uh, tie it all back together.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So when, and I've tried to package it up and simplify it, right. So no one's wants it to take 12 months necessarily so (laughs) in my soul weaver programs um I will use my voice and my um ability to deepen and hold space to take people on these types of journeys Mm -hmm. Um, I mean of course you can drink your own tea (laughs) that's fine but um but we'll we'll journey to to these to the realm where um something greater than the self lives so that we can attend to the soul in real time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. Um because a lot of people I think have fear around this traveling in themselves. Yeah, <laughs> um, scary. Feel like they feel like it's outside of us when it's really inside of us. Yeah. So how do you um particularly moving because we didn't really talk about your therapy background too much. But if you can get a little bit into your traditional mental health therapy career, and maybe, I'm not sure if you're working with those same kinds of clients, and then how moving into this coaching and now the, the weaving, dream weaving, integrative weaving aspect of the soul work that you're doing, what did, does that transition look like? Or Are there any parallels or overlap?
1: There are, because I'm still me
0: yeah of course. Um, yes. so
1: and, and I can't, um, I can't take the soul out of the work that I do because I am just a soulful, um deep living person. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, so my therapy work has always been very, um, very soul based, although I don't call it that, right? Like I don't call it that in my, I say that I'm a spiritual holistic therapist, but I don't necessarily talk too much about soul. Um, And I try to call in people who sort of get what I'm speaking to. Right. But I've, I I do inner child work and I do parts work and I help you know more of yourself and who you really are. And uh, my work has always been focused on authenticity so that's yes. kind of always been it's always been about let's explore like if you're reaching a place where you don't know who you are, so similar. <laughs> um you've done all the right things, like you've gotten the career and the marriage and the kids and you've done all the right things, but you're really miserable because you've not yes. tapped into anything that really is your inner truth. Yeah. So it's a lot of similar work. Um but more talking and less journeying. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So it just depends on where your client is. You meet them where they are. And if they're more on a path of, you know, just kind of peeking beyond the veil, then it's kind of just conversations. However, when people are much more exploratory or maybe build more trust with you, you kind of go on these journeys with them. Is that kind of how it works?
1: Um Yes and no. My therapy practice is teeny tiny now. Um, It used to be very large, but now it's small because I'm fully transitioning out of it and into the Soul Weaver work. So I'm keeping a small practice, but my ultimate goal is to share Soul Weaver with as many people uh, as need it. And really, I am on a huge mission to revolutionize how women transform after loss. Mm -hmm. delivering it to as many as I can
0: amazing and if we can go into more detail because I know you have a special offer um, you can share with our audience and then what they can expect too with this offer that'd be really great
1: I do have a special offer um I'm super excited about it because it was um It's really an offering from my heart, uh, and it's called the Untethering Loss Care Package. And so it's three audio gifts to bring you comfort when you're feeling lost and alone. Uh, And I don't, after the last three years that we've all had, I think that most people could use a little extra comfort, even if you haven't had a significant loss. Um, It's just been a rough couple, few years. So I think that there might be something there for most people to walk away with
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so yeah that is the gift and um what's the other the uh, about
0: the programs and, yeah and so the audio what 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 can people expect from oh, the audio from yeah. the
1: so the first um number one is really uh what I call a comfort combo so a comfort comfort conversation and it's really me um just Creating space and giving permission for you to feel your feelings Um, because we don't do that. We don't do that around grief. We don't just, we struggle with that in our culture in general, just giving space for what we're feeling.
0: Yes. I love that.
1: So it's a short conversation. It's a short, you listening to me say, yeah, it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Your feelings are valid and it's all right. Uh, Audio number two is um, what I call uh, a hug from mama earth. And it's a short journey of laying on the earth and really just connecting with the power of the earth to hold you. And um, after my mom died, there were times I, I continued with my daily meditation practice, but there were days when it was impossible. And the only comfort available was really just like laying on the ground and crying and just feeling like kind of the earth wrap her arms around me and be solid and steady beneath me, allowing me to melt into a puddle.
0: Uh,
1: So that's number two. And number three is a little bit of a journey and a prompt to create your own comfort combo. So a little journey to sort of take you back to a time and a place where you felt really comforted and create words of comfort for yourself that you can return to whenever you need them.
0: I love that. So the first one is about feeling how you feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> something that I love to talk about um, in my own journey, especially um, after I became a Tai Chi master, I, I did, I practiced Tai Chi, I still practice Tai Chi and I went to Korea, did the whole ceremony. Wow. And I always credit my Tai Chi practice with allowing me, providing the space for me, the tools for me to feel my emotions. Because before then I was just completely numbified. Yep numb and to even offer people that space to just feel your feelings it's like likely for some people the first time they're allowing themselves to feel anything besides like sadness or rejection you know i'm saying like people feel sad but the annoyance the anger the jealousy that there's so many emotions that i didn't even know i had when i was going they just started coming out of me yeah Um, and then the hug from Mother Earth, which I think is beautiful because you you started the conversation with saying how as you were doing your healing words, you really tapped into the divine feminine, which is the same as me, because I grew up very Catholic, mm. very traditional Christian um tradition, which is, like you said, patriarchal, has a very, you know, fatherly aspect, it's very masculine dominant. And um in 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 my case felt very punishing. And so that for me, I carried a lot of guilt and shame all the time, like even still kind of like releasing those last little bits, you know? Um, And it was through the divine feminine work, you know, hug from mother earth, remembering the the feminine aspect where I really started to come into the nurturing of myself. And Mm. it became a mother. I shared that too, which enabled that to happen more naturally if you will or I was forced to, to yeah. understand how to nurture because I didn't have that that trait at all mm-hmm. and I shouldn't say I didn't have it I mean I was always very giving and generous however nurturing is is it's a different form of love yeah So I can imagine that that hug from mother Earth can bring people to tears because very few of us you know even with good mothers have experienced the nurturing of of a divine feminine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a different level. And then sort of the the last piece, I'm blanking on it, but you were saying that it it was about the-
1: Creating, um, it's a short journey to take you to create your own uh, internal comforting conversation.
0: Oh, but internal conversation. Yeah. And this one is the key. Because actually just recently was talking with one of my clients about a line of questioning, being curious with yourself and curious with your feelings, because as you start to sit with your feelings, at least for me, the first thing I do is judge. Yeah. I don't like that. I feel this way. I don't want to feel this way. You want to run from it. Mm -hmm. You want to avoid it. You want to procrastinate. However, having that internal conversation with yourself invites yourself to ask yourself the tough questions that you won't allow anyone else to. Okay, pretty pretty much like that. Yeah. Like, why do I feel this way? Well, is it because I don't like my family? Is it because I don't like my job? Is it because I don't like my wife or husband? Like, you should be able to ask yourself these real ass questions. And most people don't. Mm-hmm. Most people don't because like you said, they're afraid to go inside and afraid of that. The answers Yeah. So I feel like this offering is a really beautiful offering for people who are, you know, stepping into their power or wanting to amplify their power. So, yeah, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Yeah, I'm I'm, it makes me excited because it was really a a heart, heart, heart and soul
0: offering. So, yeah. And do you find that in your practice specifically, you know, what has worked well for you? um, like personally in your business, um, because this is the Meta Business Millennial podcast. Mm -hmm. And I love about the business aspect of, for you, you know, transitioning, you said you have a small bit of clients down therapy. And as you're moving now into the coaching space, what does that look like? What does that have to challenge you to do? Obviously you're not, it's not necessarily insurance-based kind of thing. So can you talk a little bit more to the, speak to the technicalities of what it is to set up the business of, of, your, of your work? Um, I, well,
1: uh, from a logistical perspective, it was super important since this whole work is soul-based. It was really yeah. important for me to find, um, well, Okay, let me back up a little, one more step. It was really important for me that the soul aspects of it came through. So when I searched for a web designer, I was searching for someone who could capture the essence of the soul work that I'm doing when I searched for a photographer to, um, put photos on the website, I was searching for someone who could capture it. Like, because this whole thing is like me, right. It's me and my soul doing, you know, leading you, whoever, um, and your soul on a journey. And so you have to be able to see all of me in a picture and some words on the page. So, um, all of that was super important. And when I wrote the copy, I rewrote it like 50 times because again, it was really, I write and then I write to go deeper and then I write to go deeper and then I write to go deeper. And then I like really, really getting to the depth with my wording of the work that we're going to do, right? Like it's so, And another big piece of it was staying out of like patriarchal, capitalistic, um, sell, 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 and leaning into the feminine. Like, I'm gonna put my soul out there and I'm gonna speak from my heart and I'm gonna tell my story, and I'm gonna, the people that need my work will find me. And that's, and that's, which is. I, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur, you know, I, I ran a larger group psychotherapy practice. I've been an entrepreneur for a number of years mm-hmm. and I've always done it from a place of like a heightened nervous system of like, a, okay, I have yeah. to bring in more, cl- I have to whatever. And I am, that is not sustainable for me. It's not good for my body. It's not good for my health. It's not, so I am not doing any of that. Um Come on
0: now. Hmm? i said come on now i love yeah. to say that i feel you on that yeah. so
1: it's a different it's a different like it's not based on worry and fear it's based on love and care and soul
0: yes and not just based on worry and fear but also competition yeah that was a comparison that was me and I am just now kind of healing that aspect of myself. I've kind of come off Instagram a little bit and just kind of just leaned into LinkedIn and even still feel like that's a lot. However, I don't want to completely lose my voice because it still helps me to refine what I'm doing and what I'm saying to, to, to the right audience. Yeah. Yet Before. With the master classes and the, in this, you know, videos and these, uh, you know, all these things and the website, it was definitely coming from a place that I have to capture, you know, more followers. I have to capture more people. That's going to help me get more clients. And hell, no, that's not the way. Yeah. That's not the way. And for you to speak so um, authentically and vulnerably about writing your copy 50 times waiting till you have the right alignment with your web designer, waiting till you have the right alignment with your photographer. That's not what people do. I spent money on a site that did nothing because I was in a rush to get a site up for some event that I was trying to do. Like I've made all the mistakes in the book and yeah. And it's, and it's just like, in complete opposition to the life that we are purporting that we're, we're living and and promoting and teaching yet we can only operate with the at the level of consciousness that we're at so you know i forgive myself and yep. i send myself grace for that time period yet i am so grateful also for the awareness now to to recognize and realize that those things don't matter and what matters is how we show up for ourselves in the work that we do. And um, I would love for you to speak more to that because this is essentially what you teach your clients. And we haven't had a chance to dig too deeply into the um, the, the loss work specifically with the women and why that's important to you. So I would like for you to just speak a little bit more about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so... I am offering the Soul Waiver programs in both one-on-one and group programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the group is taking registrations to begin in September.
0: Um, and it is, it is important to me because I... I'm not trying that. <laughs> Why is it... Imp- It's
1: important to me because I'm a woman, (laughs) but it's important to me because I think that
0: we're in a Mm. time. I want to change. Mm. I have always been a
1: warrior for authenticity. Okay. And. Loss of this nature creates such an availability of healing, right? What it's it like, I truly see it in my head as like a healing portal that opens if you have a loss of this nature that sort of shatters like your sense of self. And I think it can allow us to release things that have defied releasing in the past and reclaim things that we didn't even know we're missing. And so Mm. ultimately in the end, arriving at a more authentic whole version of ourselves to step forward into the world with and do whatever it is that we're here for. Right. Like, so coming out of this patriarchal, like sell, sell, sell competition heat up nervous system anxiety whatever and into like a grounded whole authentic way of relating and being in the world which ultimately will heal the world
0: Mm -hmm. so that's why it's important (laughs) I love it I love it and I'm glad that you actually took the time to sit with the question and making sure that the answer came from an authentic place and it wasn't just a script something you always say because this that felt real, and I felt that I got a little bit of chills on me because I know that you ride motorcycles, that you are much more of an adventuring spirit, and you you live in your authenticity. I mean, the first thing you said is I don't do anything traditionally. And so for you to be able to create hold the space, like you said, hold the space, create the space, the context for other women to flourish is absolutely paramount and necessary in these days and times, you know, and we all, most of us, and we should become becoming more aware of, you know, our biological nature as women, as creators, as goddesses, and the power that we carry on this planet to really lead in the new earth. And of course lead alongside man, yet man is also, you know, working with us. So we have to be in our leader, in our leadership and our feminine very securely. Yeah. And I love to hear that that's the work that you're doing in. I, because I brought it up, I want to ask you though, what got you inspired to get into the motorcycle and what kind of motorcycle do you have? <laughs> yeah. come? Like, I really want to know about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, my, uh, we, my husband and I both ride Indian motorcycles and um he, decided that he wanted to buy a motorcycle and we had watched American Pickers (laughs) quite a bunch. And they're always after like antique Indian motorcycles. And that was like, and so I was like, okay, let's go look at those. And so, um, they're really just beautiful machines. And, um, we're actually leaving on a trip to North Carolina in a couple of weeks to ride up and ride back. And then he's riding his bike with some buddies to Alaska and back, um, which yeah I'll be home with my cats
0: (laughs) but you're still riding up from Florida to North Carolina yeah wow so you're serious about that and what what does that create for you how does that feel I've I've ridden on motorcycles but never like driven one it's very powerful
1: (laughs) it feels very empowering like it feels very um And I'm not gonna lie, like if I think too much about it, I get a little anxious, right? So we make sure our affairs are in order because it's a riskier uh, hobby than knitting. I mean, (laughs) let's be honest.
0: Totally.
1: Um, But uh, it's very it it feels feels very empowering, and so in Florida we don't have like mountains or hills or curves or everything is just flat and straight. And so when we go to North Carolina, it's because we want to ride in the mountains and we want to go around curves and whatever. And so like to, like to feel like that power and like to carve into, it's just a blast.
0: It's a blast. I love it. I love it. Well, we're kind of coming up on our time Mm -hmm. and I just want to thank you so much for just gracing us with your energy, with your presence, with your wisdom. And if you can just remind our listeners, our viewers, how they can stay in touch with you, how they can sign up for your free offerings and or your classes, that'd be great.
1: Yes. Um, So uh, you will have the free offering in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So that is there. Um, My website is emmetofelski.com, which do you want me to spell it? Or that'll be in the show notes too. It'll be
0: in the show notes too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you can find me there and, um, registration is open for the soul weaver group experience, which I'm super excited about the, to travel with a group of women on this deep journey is going to be incredible. Um, so that begins in September and, um, yeah, I think that about covers it.
0: That's beautiful. And I want to also remind all of you that, uh, we are continuing the Meta Business Millennial podcast next week. So tune in to our next show. Of course, you can find me at I am Erin Patton I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, LinkedIn. And also the Meta Business Millennial has its own podcast, uh, has its own uh, panel as well. It's Instagram handle and channel on YouTube. He'll so follow us there. And of course, you can find more resources at themetabusiness.world.com. Thank you so much for joining me and Emmy. It was such a beautiful conversation, an enlightening conversation, inspiring conversation. So definitely stay in touch with us. Much love to you all. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, AaronPatton.com, to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.